next week, uh, my family and I won't be here, so you'll, you'll get to hear from Carl um, next week. And then the end or the last three weeks in the month of January, we're going to be looking at John chapter 15, that familiar text of the vine and the branches. And as we start out 2020, we're going to be looking at this idea of abiding and bearing and what that means for us, us Christ followers and believers. And I know that the Advent wreath has been put away, and perhaps you're starting to, some of you, undecorate your homes. Christmas is kind of come and, and gone, and we, we now look to the end of the year and the beginning of a new one. But before we move away from that, I want to focus one more time on the birth of our Savior. Looking at the second chapter of Luke. Because you see, it is good news of great joy. So let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. I bring you good news of great joy that will be <clears throat> for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Those of you that were, were here last week, we, we talked about this to, a, to an extent that the time of Jesus' birth was, was a dark and dismal period in Israel's history. The promised land was occupied by the Romans. The voice of the Lord had, had not been heard for 400 years. The Jewish faith was reduced to, to formalism of, of the scribes and the Pharisees. A lot of clergy looked and sounded religious, but in reality were nothing but sort of whitewashed tombs. The people of God were divided into different camps. Zealots who, who tried to overthrow foreign oppression. Herodians who favored the policies of Herod Antipas and thus supported the Roman government. The Pharisees, the Sadducees. And within this setting, Israel needed to hear much as we need to hear a message of joy. She needed to hear a message of hope and anticipation in order to weather the storms of life. We know that this was not the only dark and dismal period of Israel's history. For generations, she had wandered in the wilderness of despair, bondage, persecution, exile. In the midst of all these dark moments, the people clung to the promise of the Messiah. Because the Messiah's coming meant that joy would be restored. The Messiah's coming is good news of great joy. And so first of all, this morning, as we gather on this side of Advent, on this side of the birth, we remind ourselves that, that Christmas, that, this, that the birth, that the coming of our Savior is indeed a time of joy. It is joy time. 
Christmas is meant to be joy. Joy time. The scriptures are full of accounts of joy. Remember what the angel said to Zechariah about the birth of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. And we remember what Elizabeth said to Mary in, in later on in, in chapter 1 of Luke. As soon as the baby of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. When John the Baptist was born to Elizabeth, her neighbors and relatives shared her joy. That's verse 58 of chapter 1. And Zechariah sang a joyful song to the Lord, verses 68 through 79 of chapter 1. And then, and then Mary's response to all to this, we, we read earlier, she, she sings a joyful song of praise to the Lord. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's verses 46 and 47 of chapter 1. The angel of Christmas Day told the shepherds, picking up the story in chapter 2, verse 10 of Luke, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. As for the shepherds, after they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, they returned to the sheep, glorifying and praising God. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. I was talking with Dave Bickle last week. He's not here to defend himself. He and Sandra are on holiday for, for the winter. But we were talking about if someone posed the question, what if you could be anywhere in history, anywhere in, in, in the time, in the chronicles of history, what moment would you want to be, why and where? David said, I want to be a shepherd. When the angels came and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everybody. That's where I want to be. Think of the joy of Simeon and, and Anna, both of women who were waiting for, for the waiting of the Messiah's coming, glorifying, praising God. You see, this biblical theme of joy has, has been picked up by many of our, our Christmas songs. We sang a lot of them, most of them, if not all of them, over the last several weeks. Have you ever noticed the number of Christmas songs that mention joy in their title? Joy to the world. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, right? Good Christian men rejoice. The joy of the first Christmas was, was very real. Every, and in every Christmas sense, it's meant to be this time of joy, joy time. And yet for many of us, for many people, it's a time of sadness. It's a time of loneliness. I think of families in grief and mourning. I think of the Magner family here in our own community. I think of parents without their children or children without their parents. I think of those who have loved ones serving overseas, those who have loved ones doing time in prison. I think of those who can't afford presents or even a Christmas meal for their children, and yet we are surrounded by, and we can enter into joy. We have this joy in Jesus. So it is a time of joy, but a time of joy in what? And that's the second point, and is it a time of joy in the Savior? 
when we look through the Christmas story, we see that joy comes because of Jesus. You know, those situations, those circumstances of Israel did not change, did they? But joy entered in to those circumstances. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The shepherds are told to rejoice because the Savior has come. When Mary sings her song of praise, she gives that same reason for her joy. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Was Mary afraid? You bet she was afraid. How could she not have been afraid? And I think to to somehow schluff it over with our nice porcelain nativity scenes is to not deal with the reality of what was happening. And I don't think we are to be a people that don't deal with the reality of what is happening. But I do think that there is a greater reality that is entering into our reality so that we can have joy. And his name is Jesus. Zechariah's song is like Mary's song. He rejoices. Not in circumstance. He rejoices because of the Savior. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and he has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he, holding baby Jesus, Simeon praises God, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And as for Anna, she gives thanks to God who spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It's chapter 2, verses 38. Christmas is joy time because a Savior has been born. And that's the message of the angel. That's the, really the message that, that Mary, Zechariah, Simeon, and Anna all keep proclaiming. <clears throat> Why do we rejoice? And what do we rejoice in? Some of us believe that joy comes from from other things, from other places. Some of us think that joy comes from a perhaps a promotion at work, or a, maybe a, a, our portfolio doing really well, a rise in the stock stock market, owning our own home, jewelry, a come from behind win over. A football team from the Midwest. (laughs) A bike. A car. A computer. A boyfriend. A girlfriend. A video game. But joy and happiness from such things lasts for a very short time. It's fleeting. It's vanity. Deep joy Full joy perhaps seems to elude us. Real joy, lasting joy is found here. And it's found now. At Christmas, our joy is in Jesus. And his work of salvation. The angel goes so far to call it great joy. As if joy isn't enough. It's great joy. 
That's deep joy, full joy, because God is at work. Joy because God is advancing His plan for our salvation. He is going to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Joy because the Messiah has come. Joy because God is being faithful to His covenant promises, because He is always faithful to what He has promised. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The circumstances may not change this side of glory. But salvation has come. Once was, what was once dead can now be alive. Imagine someone doing sort of a man on the street interviews. We've seen these things, right? Men on the street interviews Bethlehem or Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. People are asked a list of three problems that they are most concerned about. Right? I suspect the interviewers would hear some answers like this. Looking back through history 2,000 plus years ago, right? Consulting the Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica. Some of you don't know what that is. If you do, you're old. I bet some of the answers of what people were most concerned about 2,000 years ago, here we go, just a smattering, not in any certain order of importance, but man on the street interview, the economy, taxes, corrupt government officials, zealots, hated Roman occupation. My, how things have changed. Many in Israel hoped and prayed and looked for the Messiah who is also known as the Christ, to fix these problems, change my situation. For when the Messiah comes, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the ground shall become level and the rugged places plain, Isaiah 40. When the Messiah comes, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk, the mute shall talk. When the Messiah comes, all Israel's enemies shall be defeated and Jerusalem will lie at the center of the earth. And those are promises of God, to be sure. But the number one problem 2,000 years ago to Israel, man on the street interview, and I would, I would suggest that still the number one problem is not the economy, it's not taxes, it's not government officials, it's not occupation. The number one problem is, and has always been since page two in your Bible, right after creation, the number one problem has been and always has been sin. Separation from God, not a list of little things. Don't confuse behavior. That is a symptom of a condition. I'm not talking about behaviors. I'm not talking about things you do or don't do or wish you didn't do or wish you did. We all have a litany of those. I'm talking about separation from a holy God, which happened to all of us, A-L-L, page 2 of the Bible. That's what we're talking about. That's my biggest problem, not my circumstances. And that is why we are reminded this Christmas, as in every Christmas,
that it is indeed a time of joy because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David, a Savior. That means someone who will save has been born to you and he is Christ the Lord. You see, it is joy time. It is a time for joy. Joy in what? Joy in Jesus the Savior for whom? For us. For me. And for you. This past week, I was looking at this and I noticed that in, in our text, I, I, something that I've not really noticed before. I know, I know I've noticed it, but I don't think I thought about it. Verse 11, the angel said, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And I've read that a hundred times. I've read it 30 or 40 times in the last month. But I don't think I noticed until sometime around Tuesday evening, I think, here in the church before our service began. It was quiet. I don't think I noticed that the verse says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And it felt as if Holy God was putting my name in that text. Notice the angel did not say a Savior has been born to a girl named Mary. No, a Savior has been born to you. I bring you good news of great joy. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby. Are we willing to look? Who is the angel talking to? Well, the angel is talking to the shepherds. The shepherds are not highly regarded in Israel. The scribes and the Pharisees regarded them as unclean. Yet God has shown special affection for shepherds throughout centuries. Moses was a shepherd when God spoke to him out of the burning bush and called him to lead Israel out of Egypt. That's Exodus chapter 3. David, Israel's greatest king, was a shepherd when he was anointed as king, 1 Samuel 16. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. Many commentators believe that the shepherds of Bethlehem were watching over the sheep destined to be sacrificed in the temple. So now along comes the angel of the Lord and says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You, the, the lowliest, the unclean. You, when asked the question, David Bickle said, That's where I would want to be. Camping out for the shepherds. The good news was for them. The joy was for them. The Savior was for them. The sign was for them. Christ the Lord was their Savior. He was born to be their sacrificial Lamb of God. But notice it is good news of great joy, not just for the shepherds. It is good news of great joy for all the people. I'm pretty sure we fall under that umbrella. The people in mind are the children of Israel, the people of, of God. Jesus is the Savior, not just for the unclean sinners like the shepherds, the unclean sinners. But for all the people. 
from King Herod to the lowliest position in his palace, from the, from the high priest in the temple to the little girl in the synagogue, from the rich man to the poor, from the aristocrats to the common man, from the scribes and Pharisees and religious professionals to the lay people. He is the Savior for all people. He is a Savior for the people we like and love, and He is the Savior of the people we hate. Because we are all created in His image, and we are all given the gift of salvation through the Savior. And here's this reminder and a statement that that all God's people need saving, especially me. All of God's people have fallen into sin. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us has no need for a Savior. I think we, the church, are at our best when instead of being high and mighty and pompous, we realize who we are, that we are sinners saved by grace because we have a great Savior. And we can then extend a hand of mercy to those around us. So praise to the Lord for the joy set before him that he would be born, live and move and die and raise again. For us. Our biggest problem is sin. It always has been. Our biggest need is salvation. And on Christmas, the Savior has come to rectify the problem. How great our joy. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen.